Welcome to the Youth Radio Show for January 15th. We're your hosts, Luis Martinez and Mina Lee. Stay tuned for a segment from the NMCE Town Hall and later on in the show, a Youth Radio rendition of In Honor and Duly Accounting Most Proper Recognition, the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Oratory Excursion of Magnanimous Proportion. Shut your pie hole. No, it's true. It's quite true. It's true. It's quite true. Uga chaka, uga chaka, uga chaka, uga chaka, uga chaka, uga chaka, uga chaka. Excuse my mama. Jimmy Mutal, Monsieur Computron. I live in a cubicle. Please, someone be my friend. No, Monsieur Computron. Return to the fiery binary depths from whence you came. No. Love me. But now for some music. Our first song tonight is by the artist John Lennon, a singer who considered himself to be a person who dreamt of a peaceful world. This song reminds me that although there are dreams we can aspire to, we are still only human and there's only so much we can do. Here is Lennon's song, Imagine. In 2005, New Mexico Civic Engagement hosted a statewide youth legislative roundtable discussion with legislators. New Mexico Civic Engagement Initiative promotes active citizenship through a unique partnership between youth and adult citizens from all walks of life. The representatives who attended this two-hour roundtable were the following. Senator Jerry Ortiz Pino, Representative Jeanette Wallace, Representative Gail Chasey, Representative Rick Miera, and Representative Miguel Garcia. This next piece is an excerpt from this very interesting roundtable. Good afternoon. We want to welcome you to the New Mexico Civic Engagement Legislative Roundtable. My name is Julia Sardini. And I am Angie Stella. The purpose of our roundtable discussion is to identify key community issues that affect our youth and present those issues and a proposed action to the elected officials who have agreed to listen and provide some guidance to the youth. New Mexico Civic Engagement is committed to positive change for New Mexico by including youth in the process. NMC is also committed to have youth move from issue identification to community-based research and youth-led action. And that is why we're here today in this legislative roundtable discussion. Policymakers and elected officials who are willing to take time to listen to youth trained in civic engagement are the key ingredient in creating long-term change here in New Mexico. Therefore, we want to acknowledge the legislators who took time from their very busy schedules to be here today with us. First, we would like to introduce Representative Jeanette Wallace, District 43, representing Los Alamos and 
Sandoval and Santa Fe. Representative Rick Miera from representing District 11, Bernalillo. Representative Miguel Garcia, District 14, representing Bernalillo. Representative Gail Chasey, District 18, representing Bernalillo. Once again, thank you for joining us today, really. Although NMCE has worked with many communities, this afternoon, five New Mexico communities are gathered here at the historic wool warehouse to participate in Youth Legislative Roundtable. The following organizations are here today and represent their respective communities. Las Vegas Youth Commission, Luna County, Team Voices representing Deming and Columbus, Sembrando Semillas, Taos County representing Taos, Mora, Peñasco, and Embudo, Southern Doña Ana County, Action for Youth representing Anthony, Sutherland Park, and Chamberino, along with Young Women United representing Albuquerque. The panelists will now introduce themselves the main challenges in their communities, and their proposed solutions that they want to present to our distinguished legislators today. Our next panelist is from Sembrando Semillas, a local project in Dallas County that is part of the New Mexico Azteca Association. 14-year-old Toribio Garcia of Chamisal is a ninth grader at Piñasco High School. Toribio has grown up along the acequia and has taken part in many traditional practices such as planting corn, the making of chico, mantazas, acequias cleaning, and adobe making. A participant in the Sembrado Semillas project, he is concerned with the preservation of his culture and the well-being of his community. Toribio understands the be that being a leader starts with truly caring about the people of your community. Hello, my name is Toribio Garcia, and I'm here with the Sembrando Semillas New Mexico Acequia Association and a proposed m memorial. I'd like to introduce uh, my other group members, Angel Martinez, Johnny Cisneros, Margaret Garcia, and uh, Miguel Santisteban. You'll get to know him very well. I'm gonna start here by our presentation. Uh, this is it, water. Our primary concern. It concerns us all. It concerns us to everything. Everything relates back to water. Okay, cleaning up our rivers. Water is so important to us. Um, you all know you guys drink water. Uh, water makes our food. Water is what takes care of us, and without it, we'll be in a lot of trouble. We are trying to keep our rivers clean. Can you help? I hope you can, because we really need the help. A small group can make a difference, but there is still much work to be done. There used to be fish in this river, and the water was much cleaner. Is there a way to bring back, or well, to make it better, bring back the fish? Here's a group in Taos, and uh, actually I'm not from Taos, I'm from Chamisal. It's about 40 minutes from Taos, and uh, 
I just want to say that the water is very important again. Um, the health of our rivers depend on the health of our forest. Our forests need to be thin to reduce fire danger and improve the health of our watersheds. There's too much trees in the mountain, and if a forest fire caught on fire, uh, towns like there's little towns by my town, El Valle, um, Paisitos, just they're inside of a mountain, and they would just burn, and then it would contaminate the water. It would, so it needs to be thinned. Cleaning our acequia brings the community together. And uh, the way I was brought up is when you clean the acequia, you become a man. So uh, that's kind of good for all the people who know about the acequias. You know, once they clean the acequias, they're a man. <laughs> Will future generations be able to use the acequias? I'm not sure. That's, that's up to us and you guys. So I hope that you help. Or will water rights be lost to development? And that's something that concerned us because they're trying to buy water rights and we can't have that. We would like to learn more about our local acequias and culture at school. That would be great to go to school and they're telling you about acequias and other stuff. Sembrando en Samias, Acequia Youth Team in Taos. All the members of the team are Mora and Pinasco. They're not here because it's like two hours. Like if they all came in, it's too hard to get them all together. Our Sekia culture and local healthy food. This is uh, before you make chicos. I don't know if you guys know what chicos are. Anyone know? Yeah. Chicos are like uh, cooked corn, and they're really good. Um, the whole family goes outside to the crops and picks the corn. We all gather it. It's like a chain. They pick it, then they pile it, and then someone picks it up and carries it. Uh, here's the family. We throw it in. After the fire's really hot, in the horno, it's called the horno. There's me, no small. Um, and then it, you have to get mud. It's made on mud. The whole thing's made out of mud, and you uh, block it. You cover it so that no heat gets out. And this is what it looks like after, and it's so beautiful. Um, it's a family thing. Um, the whole community comes together to do the chicos, and uh, that's like where a lot of the family conversation takes place and the, it's really great. This is what it looks like afterward. Then uh, you have to grind it. You have to grind it together so you can get the actual chicos and uh, that takes the whole family too. The whole community, like people from our neighbors and stuff come over so they can get a bag of chicos and we hook him up, we give him a little deal here or two bucks off because cause you're my brother's friend or something. So, if you guys need a Chicos, we live in Chamisal. <laughs> um, that's my little brother. We use the Chicos to feed our, well, the corn to feed our chickens and our other, we got pigs. Well, not no more. But uh, our conclusion is, please appreciate and respect how important water is to our community and the generations. And that's my grandma, and she's very healthy, and she's already 92. That's it. I'd like to thank you. Thanks, Toribio. Um, you're a very funny young man. Um, the floor is now open for questions, comments, and your input. You know, Toribio, you, you touched on one thing that's kind of real uh, near and dear to me. Also, uh, I'm an educator. And... Uh, 
one thing that we don't usually see in our schools, not only in the northern part of the state, but throughout Nuevo Mexico, is kind of our, our the history of the, the Hispano communities. And, um, uh, but you touched on some really good issues in terms of protecting our water. You mentioned water rights. You know, our youth can be real instrumental in helping the elderly, the grown-ups in our community protect our water rights. When we were in Mora, the uh, organizing committee there took us to this canyon uh, uh, way up going towards the Sangre de Cristos. That's one of the main tributaries that brings water into the village of Chacon, Mora, etc. There was this developer, this rich, this millionaire that moved in there and bought up, I don't know how many thousands of acres. One of the first things he did is he diverted water off that river, off the Rito, into these thousand gallon holding tanks. And it minimized the flow into the acequias. And when you minimize flow into acequias, you don't have water going into the ir irrigable fields. And uh, so that's what the community is fighting now. They, they feel that that's uh, unjust. And see, those are issues that our youth can get involved in and bring attention to the elected officials, you know, the state engineer, that uh, this water is important and what's going on in terms of diverting it is wrong. And I think our youth, you know, bringing up those messages uh, sometimes shine better than adults uh, in terms of getting the message out, in, in bringing a solution to the problem. Sometimes our youth have, you know, better solutions and, and more ganas and more time to kind of uh, fight some of these issues that are so near and dear to the sustainability of our villages and our lifestyles. Uh, you mentioned also uh, the, uh, the forest thinning. You know, there's nothing, to, that, there's nothing to hold you back from establishing some kind of youth core to deal with forest thinning. And you actually can provide jobs to the youth in your villages by trying to establish, you know, economic development in regards to that particular concept. Because everywhere we go in the northern New Mexico, that is a big issue. Uh, you know, that there is this kind of overgrowth in our forest and it's affecting our watersheds. And a, and a solution would be a managed control forest thinning projects. And, uh, and I think it's a, a good endeavor for our youth to undertake and, and put something together to share with our elected officials in terms of job opportunities in thinning those forests, you know, involving youth, like uh, maybe summer jobs. And, uh, but you touched on some really important things that kind of deal with culture. And, uh, and, and I'm glad that you have that consciousness and that as you grow older, you'll, you'll expand on that. And I'm, and I'm glad that you, that you kind of see these things in the, in, your, in the perspective that you shared with us, porque, you know, some of our youth, the only perspective they share sometimes is just the marijuana and the, and the Coors Light, you know, and, uh, but you, sh you reflected on a lot of things, uh, hermano, and, and, I, and I'm proud of you and your group for really uh, uh, addressing these, these issues and concerns. Thank Gracias. you, all of you. Thank you, legislators, and thank you, Toribio. You've been listening to an excerpt from a statewide youth legislative roundtable discussion with legislators. 
New Mexico Civic Engagement Initiative promotes, the active promotes active citizenship through a unique partnership between youth and adult citizens from all walks of life. The, the legislator who provided the information to the Sombrando Semillas Youth Group was Representative Miguel Garcia. And now for some music with Kyle. Many people might have heard Sarah McLaughlin's song, World on Fire. For the music video for World on Fire, McLaughlin did something that was unheard of. She gave the money used to make the video away to families in poor countries. Here's another song from her CD Afterglow called Perfect Girl. That was The Calling with Things Don't Always Turn Out That Way. Now back to Luis. Slain civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born on this day, January 15th in 1929. Monday is the federal holiday to mark his birth. Dr. King told the following story about one of his daughters, Yolanda, in a public talk from about 1962. Members of our youth radio team came together to read the words of Dr. King. My little daughter loves to ride to the airport with me. She says often to me, Daddy, you just go over and over again. And so one of the ways she consoles herself with the fact that her daddy has to be away so much is to ride to the airport and on the expressway going to the airport in Atlanta. We pass by what is known as Funtown. Now, this is an amusement center, something like Disneyland. And as we pass Funtown so often in the car, she would look over to me and say, Daddy, I want to go to Funtown. Well, I could always evade the question when we were going by an automobile, because we were passing by, and I could jump to another subject. And I didn't want to have to tell my little daughter that she couldn't go to Funtown because of the color of her skin. But then the other day, we were at home, and like most children, she likes to look at the television. And when she was looking at the television, they were advertising Funtown. And she ran downstairs and said, You know, Daddy, I've been telling you, I want to go to Funtown. And they were just talking about Funtown on the television. And I want you to take me to Funtown. And I stood there speechless. How could I explain to a little six-year-old girl that she couldn't go to Funtown because she was colored? I'd been speaking across the country talking about segregation and discrimination, and I thought I could answer most of the questions that came up, but I was speechless for the moment. I didn't know how to explain it. And then I said to myself, I've got to face this problem once and for all. And I took my little daughter and told her to have a seat on my knee. She jumped up in my lap and I said, Yolanda, we have a problem. You know, some people don't do the right things and they're misguided. And they've developed a system where white people go certain places and colored people go certain places. And they have fun town like that. So they don't allow colored children to go to fun town. 
And then I looked at her at that point because I didn't want her to develop a sense of bitterness. I didn't want her to grow up with a sense of hate and bitterness in her heart. And so I had to rush on and say, but not all white people are like this. There are some people right here in Atlanta who would like for you to go to Funtown. And there are some all over the country who are right on this issue. Still, there are those who have been misguided. Then I looked down into her eyes and I saw tears flowing from her eyes at that point. And I said, Yoki, even though you can't go to Funtown, I want you to know that you are as good as anybody who goes into Funtown. And I want you to know, Yoki, that some of us are working very hard every day to get Funtown open and to get many other places open. And I say to you, in the not-too-distant future, Funtown and every other town are going to be open to all God's children because we are going to work for it. You're listening to Youth Radio on KUNM 89.9 FM. You just heard one of Dr. Martin Luther King's King Jr. speeches presented by the Youth Radio Collective. Now more music with Kyle. Our next band, originating in Britain, has a truly unique sound. They use no guitars. Their emphasis on piano and drums combined with beautifully poetic lyrics has made them popular in the UK and the US. Here is the band Keen with their song Bed-Shaped. Elton John with All That I'm Allowed, and before that was Keen with Bed Shaped. And now, back to the hosts. Just yesterday, our Youth Radio Collective saw the addition of several new members. So, we'd like to give a welcome to... Diana Barron-Moore. Chatenay Tuck. Paula Castillo. Jaren Kai. Philip Riley. And Jacqueline Gurule. Welcome! Welcome! In this next piece, Jamon Quise from Cultural Energy in Taos conducts an interview with professional skier Allison Gannett. This is Jamon Quise reporting. Allison Gannett is a world champion free skier and led the expedition of women on the first historic climb to Bhutan in India. I would have never guessed that these accomplishments were achieved by such a physically small person. But like Gannett says, well-behaved women really make history. I recently interviewed Allison Gannett at the Taos Mountain Film Festival. I know that you're a world champion free skier, which is a tremendous inspiration to all skiers. First of all, what got you interested in skiing and how long have you been skiing? I think I initially got interested in skiing because of the rush, you know, the adrenaline rush. But then I think it actually calmed my brain down by like, you know, when you're playing video games and you're just 
you're really focused on the game, your mind's empty, completely empty. It's like that kind of peace, like kind of a Buddhism type feeling. And then I never really thought it would be my career. So it's really fun when your passion becomes your career. And how long have you been skiing? I've been skiing since I was one and a half my whole life. Uh, what's the steepest mountain you've ever skied? I actually don't know what the steepest mountain I've ever skied at. Um, probably some peaks in Europe and some peaks in Alaska. Basically, if you stand upright and you put your arm out and you can touch the snow, mm -hmm. that's about 50 degrees. If you put your elbow out and touch the snow, that's 55. And I've actually skied some peaks where it was steeper than 55. So it was probably like halfway up my arm. Mm -hmm. So your shoulder, when you're standing, your shoulder's touching the snow. And if you jump, you're gonna go down about 20 feet without even touching the ground again. And so it's like a free fall, like kind of a combination of maybe base jumping and skiing. But um, it's creepy, you know, it's fine when it's in powder, yeah. but when it's ice, oh boy, pull out the rope, you know, <laughs> it gets scary. So how do you balance being a skier writer, filmmaker, and a photographer? Well, I luckily have one of those brains that likes to do 10 things at once. <laughs> if you're one of those people, it's not too hard. Once I get a little above 10, I kind of go crazy. What is your advice to other skiers who have a dream of becoming a world champion just like you? I don't think it has anything to do with skiing. It's just about following your dream. And there's so many people that tell you, told me, you can't do what you love. You'll never make money at it. You'll never win. I never listened to them and I followed my dream. And I think that's what everybody should take with them. Don't listen to what other people say. Don't take no for an answer and just go for it. That's great. I know that some of your movies revolve around skiing, but do you have films that revolve around other subjects? I do a lot to help the environment, so whenever I have an expedition somewhere, I try to work with the people. Um, sometimes um, I'm a botanist, so I'll work with women who will show me what kind of plants they eat in Bhutan, for instance. And so I learn something from that community, or I try to maybe bring one of those plant extracts back to the States and sell it to one of my sponsors so they could use it in, say, a sunscreen or a toothpaste. So to kind of help people out along the way. Or I teach Nepali women, help them learn how to climb so they don't have to make 80 cents a day working, carrying 100-pound loads, that they can actually become a guide. I know you produced a movie called Betty's in Bhutan. Could you tell us a little bit about that film? Betty's in Bhutan was a film um, that I made in 2002, and we were a bunch of women wanted to go to Bhutan and try to ski there. Once we got there, we realized that no one had ever done a ski expedition to Bhutan, and we were the first ones. So it, it became kind of a landmark, and we became kind of celebrities in Bhutan. While shooting a film or photographing, skiing or riding, is there any particular like incident or funny moment that really sticks out in your mind? When we were filming Betty's in Bhutan, we had a funny moment. Um, I had to give the video camera to my guide, Yugen, because I was skiing uh, for the magazine, for Skiing Magazine, and I had to be in the photos. So I taught him how to use the camera at 17,000 feet, and he got the on and off buttons backwards. Whenever we were skiing, he had the camera off, and whenever we weren't skiing, he had the camera on. <laughs> so we got some great footage of the tundra at 17,000 feet in Bhutan. I heard that you've been teaching hula hooping around the world, so could you tell us a little bit about that? 
It's really frustrating. I always try to learn the language of a country that I'm going to, but no matter how you try, you're not going to be proficient in just a couple months of work. So games, I kind of find, are the universal language. And so if you can roll into a village, you pull out your hula hoops, and you just start hula hooping with the kids, suddenly everybody comes out of their house, and they all put on their best dress, and they all want to talk to you and communicate through sign language. or you know, We get invited into homes that we never would have you know, people we never would have communicated with before. So um, hula hoops are a great way to just break the ice. Produced by Cultural Energy with the support of the members of Cultural You're listening to Youth Radio on KUNM 89.9 FM. You just heard Jamon Quace interview Allison Gannett. Here's Kyle with some more music. Our next song is called Institute, and it is by the artist Luis Atlas. I woke up, sunshine in the air In a fraction of a second, you are there This is Youth Radio Calendar for Sunday, January 15th. We're your host, I'm Mars. And I'm Avikra. The Aya Band with Otiamba on the bass will play Friday, January 20th at Evangelos Cocktail Lounge starts starting at 9. But it's a 20 and, 21 and over concert. So Also on January 20th, the Sunshine Theater will host a, con- a concert featuring the bands Avenged, Sevenfold, and day of cont- content at 7. For more information go to sunshinetheater.com Greg Brown will perform on Saturday, January 21st at the Lobo Theater starting at 7.30. Go to abqmusic.com or call 473-5723 The Applicators, the Grachi and many more bands will be performing at the Launchpad on January 18th at 8pm. Also on January 18th, this Wednesday, there will be a poetry slam between all of Albuquerque Public School slam teams starting at 6 p.m. at R&B Winnings Coffee House. On Saturday, January 28th at 8 p.m., an amp dance party featuring Luro will be going on at the El Rey Theater. For more information, go to abqmusic.com. Do you ever wonder how it's possible for you to remember all that you have to? Well... Explore is hosting an interactive exploration of the human mind through the 22nd of January. For more information, call 224-8300. Pay tribute to the civil rights movement all over again at the 10th annual Martin Luther King Jr. Commemorative Community Breakfast. Have a plate of scrambled eggs while you help the Grant Temple AME Church fund scholarships. The breakfast will be held at the Marriott Pyramid North at 8 a.m. For more information, call 328-4300. Every Thursday from 4 to 6, come check out Young Women United, a place where young women ages 13 to 18 can discuss whatever they want and share experiences. Come make new friends. For more information, call 831-8930. Learn Latin dances or go practice your own moves. From 7 to 9 p.m. twice a month on alternate Saturdays at First Methodist Church. For more information, call 
294-4567. Poetry and Jazz, Saturday, January 21st, with future poet Lisa Gill. An open mic for spoken word and music at the Air Dance Air Space. For more information, call 877-5001 or go to www.airdance.org. We take events till Thursday. If you have any events you would like to put on our calendar, please send them to youthradio at kunm.org. And that concludes our Youth Radio calendar. I'm Marsh Chalon. And I'm Vikra. Lucky. producer tonight was Lucia Martinez. Our engineer was Evan Molson. Music host was Kyle Ferris. Calendar hosts were Mars Jalan and Avika Lucky. A big thanks to Jamon Quais from Cultural Energy in Taos for her interview with professional skier Allison Gannett. Your hosts for this evening were Luis Martinez and Mina Lee. We'd also like to thank Otiamba Umi for producing the NMCE Roundtable and Paul Ingalls for producing the Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Others in Youth Radio are Wesley Barber, Tracy Tram, and Michael Harley. Our adult co-conspirators are Roberta Rael, Marcos Martinez, Paul Ingalls, Krista Pino, Otiamba Umi, Steve Emmons, and, Di- and Danielle Cantrell. Thank you for listening to our show tonight. Please tune in again next week for our show on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on KUNM 89.9 FM. Next up is Spoken Word.